and welcome back to Bapping. Hello and welcome to Backing Paper. This is episode 27 of the most professionally produced podcast on the internet. It's me, Graham, and here with me is my super professional co-host, Rach. Rachel, how are you? Hi, Graham. I'm good. Yep, managed to hold in the giggles. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to having a uh, chat with you today, going through all the emails and things, and uh, yeah, exciting stuff. I'm very excited about what we might be up to when we record tomorrow for this week's show as well. That's very exciting. Yes, we will come on to that later. We'll tease that a bit more later, but I, I am also quite excited about that. Um, I just want to make you super jealous, Rach. You were talking about your mm-hmm. cold tea uh, shortly before <laughs> we yeah. recorded. I just got been given a nice cup of hot tea. <laughs> Damn it. I know. Ah. Hashtag winning. Um, we have got a lot of great emails this week, uh, but before we get on to that, Rach, what have you been up to this week? Because you've been, you're working on your dark room and it's very exciting. I know. So um, I know that you're kind of halfway through, nearly finished yours, um, but just waiting on electrics, I think. Yes. Um, so at the moment, I because uh, my my dark room needed needed a bit of uh, renovation and a bit of updating and what have you. So basically cleared it all out, done all the 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 main stuff, the bits of plastering and the sorted the floor and all the rest of it. So I have electrics, have a floor, have walls, have a radiator. Amazing. Um, so yeah, all, all good. And uh, I'm slowly, very, very slowly um, in the midst of um, trying to bring everything back in. And I'm being really brutal about it. I'm very not like me <laughs> um but everything that comes back in um either has to uh, spark joy <laughs> or give me some uh, you know definitely be something that i absolutely use so the rest of it will either go up in the loft or at some point hopefully um i will be able to uh, to get that online and get that sold so yeah it's not a it's not a quick process but it is getting there and it feels it feels much nicer already um that it's a, a good usable working space because it's been a little while since i've had it as a workable dark room so uh, yeah very very much uh, looking forward to getting back in here properly now oh, that's really cool having been in your dark room um in the past it was well stuffed i think it's fairly safe to say a little overcrowded (laughs) and it's what you know it's nice especially as the dark room can be quite a zen space to be in you Mm -hmm. know if you're doing any printing or stuff it can be a very relaxing tranquil place but not if you're constantly running the risk of breaking your neck or perhaps catching a camera strap and pulling a heavy lump of metal onto your head that makes it less zen less zen exactly Exactly. Um, and, and you're right, you know, it's, it should be a nice kind of like calm space where you, you can feel happy and excited about being in there for a while, you know, um, and uh, yeah, just sort of enjoying the process. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back into being able to enjoy that process rather than feeling like, oh, gosh, I'm dashing in to do something and then dashing back out again, you know, actually spend a little bit of time in here will be really nice. Yes, exactly. And get in there and do some art. That sounds good yes. to me. Um, <laughs> I have been I've been mostly busy in my own garden this week, as well as everybody else's garden. Yeah, um, but it was I, I don't know if I mentioned this. It's actually 
quite a secret. It was actually my birthday last week. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but it was actually. And um, I didn't get much in the way of photography stuff. Um, but the one thing I did get, and it turned up yesterday, and I, I've already shared a picture of this uh, on Twitter. It's an interesting photo. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. That seems like a backhanded compliment. In fact, it doesn't even seem like a compliment. Um, I got a cape. Um, now, the people selling it, Claim that it's a dark cloth. I got it from Wonder Wandering Earth. Wondering, I can't remember yeah. what it is now. Anyway, I'll try and find out. Um, but from Sinead, my lovely better half and bringer of tea, she got me this uh, dark cloth, which is great because I didn't. The dark cloth I've been using was a it's tiny and a disaster, and had a really big hole right in the middle of it. I don't okay. know why. So this is great. Um, but it is also a really cool cape because it's quite mm. the elasticated thing. And I mean, you've seen the picture, right? You've got to admit, I looked pretty cool in it, didn't I? Is that a rhetorical question? Let's move on from that. Okay. I, I just want to say that, like, given the fact that I know that large format is becoming quite popular, and I'm sure quite a lot of people have got these dark cloths. Of sim- How come I aren't, I'm not seeing more people with capes? And, or at least, you know, there should be pictures of people wearing these as capes. I, I want to put the call out now. If you have a dark cloth, I want to see a picture of you wearing it as a cape. Uh, I want to see Alex Purcell has got a red cape. I want to see him looking like Superman at the very least. Um, so I want to see more of these, please. More people wearing capes. Uh, it's great. Good fun. Um, okay, let's get on to these emails then, seeing as you do not seem to be solved on me looking like a cool superhero. Uh, the <laughs> first email is from Paul Friday. Paul writes in, Dear Seabreams, I just couldn't let it lie. The comment on the last show about the difficulty of focusing a scale focusing camera. Why not make a business card rangefinder? I don't know what this is, Rach, do you? Um, no. Okay. I'm well, excited to hear. Yeah. There is an article at um, photo.net called How to Make a Rangefinder for Minox Cameras. Basically, take a bit of card, stand at a series of measured distances from an object. Do the switching eyes thing and mark the card. I'm not sure what the switching eye thing is. These instructions, are, I'm hoping the instructions on photo.net yeah. are a little bit more accurate. Does it mean open one eye, open the other eye and, and work out the bit where they cross? Perhaps? I, maybe, I guess. <laughs> okay. uh, listeners, I hope this is making more sense to you. So, we'll stand, check out photo.net maybe. <laughs> yes, stand at a series of measured distances from an object, do the switching eyes thing and mark the card, then you have a rangefinder that works. Okay, well, I mean, that sounds very simple. People always talk about how difficult it is to make things for cameras. I mean, you know, uh, the homemade camera guys, you know, all making a working rangefinder sounds quite tricky, but apparently you just stand at a distance from an object, make your eyes go cross-eyed, and now you have a rangefinder. There you go. Um, I made several and tucked and tucked one into the case of each weirdo camera I use. <laughs> I even laminated one to use underwater. Forget the maths on the website. Just do it by pen and practical. Yay! <laughs> Let's hear it for lo-fi solutions and up the queen! Right up <laughs> <Yay>! the queen. <laughs> uh, from Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. I will try and find the a particular article that Paul is talking about and put a link into it and hope that the article is perhaps um, a little bit more illuminating than Paul's <laughs> discussion. But it does sound very good, like the idea of having a little a piece of card that you can just hold in front of you and use to judge distances. That sounds pretty useful. Yeah, a little rangefinder guide, basically, I think, is what you're making with the with your different marks at different distances to help you make sure that they're in focus. It can be challenging otherwise. Yeah, you have to try and work out how many trees laying down would create that 
distance and <laughs> Oh yeah, they don't, I mean, how many trees laying down? The international standard of measurement: a tree laying down. <laughs> Brilliant! I'm glad you're not in charge of measurements, Rachel. You'd be in big trouble otherwise. Um, do you want to take this next one, Rach, from John Whitmore at the Dark Shed? Absolutely. Um, so John uh, has emailed in to say, hello, Sunners. Uh, how's it going? Thanks for the mention on backing paper this week. Just thought I'd fill you and the listeners in on more details. So, homemade developers. I started looking into these because I wanted to see if there was a way to reduce contrast with the Ilford Direct Positive paper, other than just pre-flashing. With a copy of the Darkroom Cookbook and a selection of raw materials, I have so far mixed up five low-contrast paper developers. I had moderate success with the DPP, but with the recipes I made, the blacks turned turned into muddy grey, so going to try out some different dilutions. I was amazed at the difference compared to my usual Ilford multigrade developer for standard RC and FB paper, though. And not just contrast, one of them produces a lovely warm tone. I have very limited understanding of what the various elements do, but I'm happy, hoping to experiment with this even further. Sounds very exciting. So in summary, it's gone beyond my initial experiment um, for direct positive paper and could be a very useful process for some prints. Next, it's on to high contrast devs and trying out split baths for science. <laughs> I'll have all of these available to look at during dot, 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 uh, the Warwickshire Open Studios. That was, I think, what we mentioned last time. Uh, so he says, this is where I foolishly open up my house and darkroom to the public. It's running from the 15th to the 30th of June, and I'll be open every Friday, Saturday and Sunday between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. during those dates. He is based in Binley Woods on the outskirts of Coventry, which is very easily accessible from M6, M1, M40, etc. And I would love everyone to come and visit. There are over 300 other artists, in I don't think in his house, he says in the region, <laughs> um, hosting events as well. So it's a great way to spend a few days checking out some incredible artists. I'll be exhibiting prints from my recent series on Sri Lanka as well as loads of other darkroom prints. And I may even have a Sri Lanka zine on sale if I get this in design finished. <laughs> um, I'll also be doing demonstrations in the dark shed on film development, enlarging, cyanotypes, etc. Sneaking in some large format portraits and have my photo books out for browsing. Most importantly, there will be lots of tea and cake. So come and hang out for a while and talk analogue. More information is on his website, which is John Whitmore, which is W H I T. M-O-R-E, photography.co.uk. And on social media, he is generally at the Dark Shed in most, on most places. Yeah, i um, I think there's the, yeah, there's the Eventbrite um, listing and things as well to the actual uh, event, I think. And if you go to warwickshireopenstudios.org, that's the website for the um, whole shebang, um, the whole event, which is uh, on over that area, over the Warwickshire area. For those dates, I think. Very cool. Um, around here, we have uh, Art Week, um, which I think is very similar, although it always lasts longer than a week, um, but mm-hmm. where local artists across Oxfordshire um, do the same thing. They sort of open up their studios and um, and there's art all over the place. Um, so it sounds like a very similar thing to that. Mm-hmm. Do you have something like that where you are, Rach? Yeah, mo- most weeks is things happening most months yeah in in Liverpool uh, like creative bits and pieces there's um 
there's Get Creative, which is the BBC one, which is uh, sort of a nationwide uh, one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, all the t- all the time. There's there's lots of cool things like like sort of that happening. Um, we have got the Liverpool Art Fair coming up soon, and that that's on for I think two months. Um, again, it's an opportunity for local artists to to showcase their work, which is very cool, and obviously for other people to buy it. So that's always lovely. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, support local, support independent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Well, we were talking before. We, we are both sincerely hoping to get up to see uh, John's down. work and um, down <laughs> uh, across up for me, across for you. Um, and um, yeah, so because it's not too far from me, and it's not too far from your dad's view, so we're really hoping to get up there and see that. That would be fantastic. And um, the developing stuff is also interesting. I um I was listening today to Matt Marash uh, talking on the Large Format Photography podcast. Um, great guest and great show, despite the fact that that podcast has clown shoes for music. It's the worst theme music ever. Um, and if you think I'm being mean behind their backs, please just know I've been I've told them very much directly what clown shoes their music is. Um, but Matt was a great guest and he was talking a lot about developers. And um, it was interesting because I never really thought about the relationships. I mean, I've you de- the film developers develop the film. That's kind of the mm-hmm. beginning and the mm-hmm. end, as from my understanding. But he was talking about the fact that when you're planning your exposure, you know, that's when you're shooting, you're deciding on the exposure. But it's the choices you make when you're developing affect the contrast more. Mm. So that was really interesting. So obviously, um, what John's doing is looking at different ways of, in the case of the direct positive uh, paper, which is very contrasty, trying to dial that back, um, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, the mm. idea of mixing stuff up at home and uh, I've got the darkroom cookbook. Uh, I haven't yeah. looked at it for years, um, mm. but um, I might have to dig that. I, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I'm, I think it's gonna be a while before I have a go at mixing up my own developers, but you know, I quite. Yeah. It's it's it sounds sounds fun. It sounds like yeah. a fun thing to do. I know I've asked this before, Rach. Um, Caffanol. Have you mucked sure. around Caffanol? Oh yes, of course uh, you bit. have. Cause you, mm-hmm. you, yeah, um, <laughs> I think that's the first step for me. Is that a nice, easy one to have a go at making yourself? Yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a lot, lots of fun, and and there's again, you know, there's lots of subtle variations in uh, in which ones you use. There are people who are diehard fans of one particular recipe or another, uh, and then there are other people like myself who flip from one to the other and just try various things out, you know, and um, and again. The idea is, I think, that you, you'll get different tones, different looks and, and things, but it's a, a nice, easy way to start. So I'd say, yeah, definitely. Then after having a, had a go and enjoying the cyanotype side of things so much, I think that would be a really good one for you to try. And um, I just thought I found Sinistil's DF96 just like magical monobath. Obviously, yeah. there are other monobaths as well, but that was the one that I'd, I'd tried. And that was the first monobath I'd ever had to go with and I just thought what this is just uh, amazing you know the the magic of that was very cool chuck it in done yeah yeah <laughs> um so you know they they all have their their pros and cons obviously um uh and I and I found with that um that I tended to do a kind of like a refix on it afterwards just to make sure it was fully cleared and things yeah. but you know it's um horses for courses and depends on on what it is that you're trying to achieve with it really so um yeah it's it's amazing what difference you can make um by using those you know different ingredients yeah 
Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. It's nice to have so many options open yeah, to us. Um, I know absolutely. I was looking at uh, whilst we were chatting to Magla, Mag, <laughs> Matt from Mag. That's what? why I call him Matt from Mag Mag. Um, last week, you know, I was looking at all the different developers they have there and oh, what am I trying next? Although, um, as I'm using HC110, I still have so much of that left. That, that mm. stuff goes an awful, awful long way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have got a quick email here from Daniel Novak, who uh, has mentioned in the past very kindly on a couple of occasions in this wonderful zine. And yeah. Dan is actually the guest on, I think it must be last week's or last Sunday's uh, Negative Positives podcast. Um, so have a listen to that if you want to actually hear Dan talking, because he's a very nice chap. Highly recommend it. Um, Dan writes in, hello, Graham. Just a c- quick email today, listening to the latest backing paper. All of the 4x5 film holders I have used have dark slides with handles of dual colours. Oh, fancy. When the silver is facing out, it means they're unexposed. After an exposure, you flip the dark slide around and insert the black is facing out. Hope this helps. Cheers, Dan. Um, Now, this is certainly true of mine. Um, I've got some of them have got the metal on the top, so it's silver, and most of them are uh, the Fidelity uh, double dark slides, and so they've got white plastic on the top. So I did know this. I'm going to have a look because I don't know what mine are. Hang on. Yeah, you go and have a look. So, anyway, listen, I did know this and have always been working with this in mind so that when I load up my film, you put the, the dark slides back in with the white side facing out. You pull it out, take the picture and put it back in with the dark side facing out. And yet somehow I still managed to mess this up. So um, I don't know. I need to do something more than this, <laughs> clearly. Uh, have you found your dark slides, Rach, your double dark slides? I have. I have. Hold on. I'm, I'm just popping my headphones back on. Sorry, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm back. Um, y- yes, he's right. <laughs> I've never even looked at that i've never even noticed that it's silver on one side and black on the other <laughs> how have you how have you managed to not double expose no. yours in the past then i'm just i'm just careful brilliant. you you, you just know. yeah um <laughs> i think yeah, the problem is funny. that on I, I, it's just one of those things i'd not noticed yeah i think the well, problem is that on mine as well as the double dark slide, as long as, as well as the dark slide being white facing one side and black on the other, mm-hmm. at the top of the holder itself, there's also a strip of white. So I probably picked it out, saw that white, went, oh, this one's fine and stuck it in. So I think I need to put some other colours on things just to make it yeah. more, just some little coloured stickers to make it even more obvious. But um, uh, Yeah, I've, um, I have I just use a bit of um, uh, masking tape, you know. So what, I've, what I tend to do is just label them up and then cross them off when, I know, when I've shot them. You gotcha. Know? So just with the Sharpie or whatever. So, yeah, I hadn't even noticed the, the black and silver thing because I just add a tiny little strip of masking tape with a number and then when I've shot that one just cross it cross it through and then I know that I've shot it so that yeah. I don't end up double exposing Excellent. but that's very cool good to know yeah. especially if and, and it doesn't fall off like masking tape could <laughs> I suppose yeah. um, so. still bo- both good tips um, putting a line mm. through something when you shot it and yeah that's a good tip do you want to take this next one Rach? Mm. so next one is from Emily uh, Zoo. Uh, says hello sirs i got your name and address from the internet and know you are one of the largest camera company (laughs) Um, which is within the scope of our business taking this opportunity we introduce my factory as one of the manufacturers of silica gel uh how would i pronounce that oh okay um in dongguan province (laughs) china 
We export a large quantity to Europe, Thailand and other Asian countries. So not, oh yes, so to us for now. Um, Deal to high quality and reasonable price. Should you have interest in the items, kindly let us know. Thanks. Looking forward to your reply. Thank you very much, Emily. Yeah, thanks, Emily. <laughs> I mean, we are we, we are one of the largest camera companies. It's nice that it's been spotted, isn't it, Rach? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think? Should we buy a few metric tons of silica gel? I, I actually just threw six of them out today. <laughs> oh, you need some um, more then. We could spend I, uh, all that sweet coffee really? money on silica gel, couldn't we? Yes, maybe. Maybe. <gasps> Okay. okay, we got one last email here. This is going to be a short show this week, Rach. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, we're definitely. <laughs> Depends oh, on uh... how many more silica gel emails you've chucked <laughs> in there that I didn't know about. Okay, <sighs> this last email is from Matt Murray. Matt writes in, G'day Sunbeams. Greetings from sunny Brisbane, where the weather has turned autumnal. Temperatures in the morning plummet to a bone-rattling 12 degrees Celsius, <laughs> which has meant that I've had to wear a hoodie every morning as I stand by the post box, patiently waiting for my Sunny 16 stickers and my 50p analog Wonderland <laughs> voucher, which I'm certain will arrive any day now. Okay, I think we'll have to address this point by point. Um, <laughs> first off, um, Matt has now received his Analog Wonderland voucher, and it was not fifty p. He has, and uh, the reason he hadn't was entirely down to me just being disorganised. And I finally got around to get in touch and said, "Paul, okay, what do I need to do to sort out a gift voucher?" And Paul, very kindly and without any prompting, said, "Well, how about we sponsor this for you? We would love to do this." So um, Matt has now got his uh, voucher from Analog Wonderland. Very much thanks to Analog Wonderland and Kirsty of oh, them. They sponsored this. Awesome. So, yeah, Yay. thank you very much, Paul. Because it's their birthday this week. So Happy I mean, birthday! Happy birthday. They they celebrated their first year's birthday uh, on Saturday. It was yesterday, wasn't it, Rach? It was, yeah. And um, all week they've been doing various different things and um, putting sort of like exciting um, discounts and promotions and all sorts of things out there. And um, actually, just before we came on air, I um, sent Paul just a quick message directly just to say, you know, happy first birthday, obviously, from from myself and from us. Um, and, you know, it's it's amazing what they've managed to achieve in that year. And uh, I think just in general, we're all pretty um you know we all enjoy having them around as a as a um you know an opportunity for buying more film for um talking about you know education for all sorts of um awesome stuff that they uh, they've taken part in including obviously sponsoring cheap shots challenge when they didn't know they were going to have to <laughs> um so you know it's it, it and it was a real a real um delight and pleasure to to meet paul and mary of course um for the first time in person at the photography show this year so um it's uh yeah it's it's there's something really uh, special that should be celebrated around these kinds of milestones i think so um i'm ever so pleased to see how how well it's all gone so far and uh, and i just wanted to say yeah well done and uh, yeah, we look forward to the next 12 months of even more fabulous adventures. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it was great. They um, they did have quite a few things that were happening this week. Um, they sort of had the launch of the Lomography Berlin film available. Mm -hmm. um, it's lovely. Yeah, they started doing some bulk film 
for the first time, including Washi Bulk Film, which is really cool. Um, I didn't see that one. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they had the new shipment of FPP stuff come in, including some of the Fukatsu 110 film, which is the, the new hotness over on the FPP store. So I'm really excited that they got um, Fukatsu 110 in this country. They do a lovely katsu curry down the road. <laughs> there you go. It's almost, almost exactly <laughs> the same. Um, they also had a new film from Cat Labs. Uh, I saw this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just great. Just fantastic. And um, and yesterday, this unfortunately news is of no use for me, but yesterday they were doing uh, £1 shipping as well, which was fantastic. So I absolutely took advantage of the fact they had the new FPP shipment in and got my C41 kit ordered promptly because I missed out on them last time. So I'm really looking forward to giving that a go. Uh, and I picked up, what else did I order? I ordered some Bergère. I, I bought a bo- mm. roll of Bergère film to try out and some Lomo 800-120 film as well because you can never have too much high-speed colour film. So. No. That sounds great. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, great news to them. Also, whilst we're on the subject of um, new films and mm-hmm. birthdays, um, I had an email recently from the guys at Yodica because um, it's coming up to oh. their first birthday as well on the tenth of June. I think it is. It's their first birthday, and I think they have got some new films coming as well. Um, There's no more information regarding that. They just said we've got mm-hmm. a new film coming on the tenth because it'll be our first birthday. So. We'll, Keep an eye out for that, um, but it will be available from places like Analog Wonderland and afterwards other resellers. So I know in the States, um, the FPP carried the Yodica films. So uh, if you've been enjoying their fantastic color shifted films, there is another one joining the roster uh, very soon. So that's very cool to hear as well. It's great to see those guys going from strength to strength as well. Really awesome. Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, we were on Matt's email, weren't they? Okay, let's we were, carry on yes. with this. Uh, oh, God. This, here's a sentence for you. Uh, it saddened me to hear that Grey Grey's mail sack was a bit light. <laughs> so, <Sorry>. so after <laughs> feeding the Wallaroos, I thought I'd sit down with a flat white and a pint of iced Vovos and fill the sunny 16 sack with some Aussie goodness. What the Good. heck's a, an iced Vovo? I don't know. Uh, you know, let's... <laughs> maybe best maybe best less yeah less. yeah exactly <laughs> as a mystery okay yes before i begin with a few film photography related points and questions i promise that this email will not contain a shoehorned plug for matt loves cameras the best new film photography podcast hosted <laughs> by someone who owns a dalmatian well i'm very glad it won't contain that shoehorned plug um point one Still have not recovered from seeing Graham half naked in a recent Sunny 16 social media post. I guess it was just the aforementioned Cape one, but it wasn't. No. You, you've starred half naked a couple of times recently. Oh, no, that one wasn't naked, was it? No, no it, just it was the other not. One? No, no. I, mean, if people I thought you were just wearing a cape. Half a naked minute, in a cape. <laughs> <laughs> by listeners. Oh, dear. Um, Who do we have to blame for that, by the Matt, way? Matt, we have to borrow, um, blame Matthew Joseph, as always, for these mm-hmm. things. Thank you, Matthew. Um, I showed Marshall Dalmatian and he made a strange primal howl and ran away and hid in the garden. Thank you. I was going to let you know a few weeks ago that May the 4th, as well as being Star Wars Day, is also Naked Gardening Day. (laughs) In the end, I decided to keep it quiet. Given your recent social media post, this was a sound decision. Point two. In a recent episode, you blamed the lovely Matt Jones in Thailand for pranking Matthew Joseph, read the April Fool's podcast prank, when it was actually me. <laughs> I can see why you made the error. We are both Matts. We are both, as we say in the Aussie vernacular, good-looking roosters. 
and we are both taking part in the Frugal Film Challenge. To be honest, I think the confusion was because um, Jeremy referred to you as Matt Jones. There are so many Matts, and so many of them. <laughs> so we've got Matt, Matt, and Matt from Australia. They're not very inventive with their names out there. Anyway, speaking... Point, sorry, point three. Speaking of Matthew Joseph, I finally got around to finishing off my role for the Neg Positive's double exposure role and I express posted it down to Melbourne. As well as the role of film, I also sent Matthew a poorly lit, ill-composed, Instax-wide photo of Marshall Dalmatian. After it arrived, Matthew sent me a photo of it on his fridge. I'm sure he will treasure it always. Poorly lit and ill-composed are two adjectives that could also be applied to my shots on the double exposure role. (laughs) Matthew and I then discussed the latest episode of Sunny 16 featuring AG Photographic, an episode that he thoroughly enjoyed by the sounds of it. Point four. (laughs) It did make me (laughs) chuckle when the lovely Graham from the excellent Get Started with Film Photography slash Homemade Camera podcast tried to find a Marshall Dalmatian lookalike in Florida. (laughs) Let it be known that I can spot a faux Aussie pooch a mile away. Question, oh, it's questions now, Rachel. We've moved on oh, from gosh. points to questions. This is exciting. Blimey. Brace yourself. Okay. Oh, I don't like this first question. Question one. How are the Sunny 16 Dream Team coming along with their double expo challenge role? It's <clears throat> um, a good question. Uh, Graham, how how are we doing? We're doing very well. Double uh, exposure We're doing very well. Listen, we, you and I both know we both definitely function at our best when under extreme pressure. And I know you do in particular. So I made the executive choice to leave it as late as possible before I sent you the role of film, by which I mean not to, quite to yet. To help me. <laughs> to help you apply uh-huh. some pressure. Um, Great. So <laughs> I have enough of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I admit I've had it a little bit longer than I should have done. Um, I want to get ahead of this. Because I know we're going to get some flack. Uh, we're shooting 120 roll film. Now, before everybody goes, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, it's supposed to be 35mm. I spoke to Mr. Gutter. Don't worry, it's, I cleared it with the man at the top. I okay. spoke to Mike and said, Mike, Rach and I don't have enough time to shoot that many pictures. <laughs> Could we do 120, please? And Mike said, of course, yes, that's no problem. We only chose 35mm so that it was easy to pair people up. So I've had clearance and I don't want to hear any whining from people when we kick your ass because our pictures are so good that it's on 120. So um, I shot 120 through my Yashika Matt, something or other. I can't remember. One of my Yashikas. Um, 44? Okay. No, not the 44, because that's in two pieces. Um, oh, God. Still? Oh, still, I haven't oh. even looked at it since last week. Um, so... That shot and is going in the post tomorrow, uh, and then you will get it and you will run out the door, shoot that instantly, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and um, and it will all be good and ready. Um, it's very exciting. We're doing a kind of um, country versus urban, aren't we, Rach? I think so. That seems like the most sensible <laughs> way yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Although my first few pictures were all of gravestones, so that's cheering. <laughs> oh, lovely! Lovely. <laughs> yes. oh, God, you God. don't have help. You know, we're not doing ourselves any favors here. We need are to we? Go, go and find go and find some sort of retirement homes and care homes and take pictures oh. of those and overlay those. That'd be you know, I mean, Em's judging this. He'd appreciate that. Okay. Um, okay. Should we move on to question two? Yes, question two. A question I asked the Gutterman on episode two hundred and twenty-five of Negative Positive. If you could own only one, only if you could own own. 
If you Should could only, oh, yeah, hang on, I've got this. If you could only own cameras from one country, which would you choose? As I love Polaroids, my initial answer was the USA, but I sneakily changed it to Japan at the last moment as Polaroid had their SLR 690 manufactured in the land of the rising sun. This is a, that's not a, that's not a good answer. You can't choose to change like that. That's You don't get Polaroids now. Giving me access in my fantasy world to all those lovely Fujifilm, Contax, Superheads, Olympus, and, one, and other Japanese cameras. Can I just say, let's run through that list again. Fujifilm, Contax, Superheads, Olympus, and other... One of those is what not is like the. What is a superhead? Are you familiar never with heard of a the ultra wide camera, that plastic cigarette case of a camera? The you know the um, Vivitar ultra wide slim, Basically, the one that that's... sounds like a yeah something else. Yes, exactly. That's pretty much where superheads is at. They made oh. the new ones though, so not quite the same as Fujifilm, Contax, or Olympus. <laughs> um, so. Uh, what about you, Rach? What would be if you had to choose one country? It's you know you've got America who make Polaroids and and some other stuff, um, mm-hmm. but mostly Polaroids. Japan with all of those ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Germany, of course, um, with yeah. the Leicas. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Russia? Sw- Russia, yeah. Um, is it Switzerland that makes Hasselblad or Sweet? Oh, Switzerland, mm-hmm. I think, isn't it? God, we're, we're gonna upset a few people oh, I know they were. Look, it's one of the SWA countries makes Hasselblad mm. <laughs> um, I think it's Switzerland I, but I, I, yeah, think, yeah, I would have to say I, the Hasselblad it's a beautifully like engineered and looking camera and, and what have you but I would probably have to go with my Olympus yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, because I just feel like it, that would still give me the biggest range of things to be able to, to shoot with still what about by discounting Germany? You're saying the goodbye to Leicas forever. I know, but I don't have one. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, anytime soon. So yeah, yeah, maybe not. Never I mean, mind. Never mind. Yeah, I mean Japan just there's you know Fuji, Olympus, Pentax, Canon, Nikon. Yeah, exactly. Um, See, there's, there's the Pentax in there as well, which is like my first one that I got uh, coming back to film and it was one that I shot on when I was at college so yeah in in terms of cameras that I've used and loved and and use now yeah I suppose it it looks like it's it's going to be Japan <laughs> yeah I think it's pretty hard to argue um I'm, although I'm sure obviously people who are big fans of Leica would very easily argue with it but uh there's just so many amazing cameras that mm-hmm. came out of Japan. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it's not really much of a competition. Um, and we yeah. don't need Polaroids because well. we've got Instax, so that's all right. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. well, there we go. Yes. So is thank that the you. end of the mailbag this week? That is the end of the mailbag for this week. Yeah, so again, you know, thank you very much. Everybody's emailed in. Keep them coming in. Otherwise, we will end up with a short show one week. Uh, not this week, but, you know, it's going to be a shorter show this week. So that's something pretty special for everyone. Um, we had some mail this week, didn't we, Rach? We did. Um, super exciting. And I've just realised I've just put my um, my box that contains my... Uh, dark slides in <laughs> all my film holders on top of it so hold on one second i'm going to move that out of the way um ready there we go. sound effects <laughs> i had this beautiful cyanotypes through the post 
from the amazing Neil Piper. And I believe that yourself and Aid also received these prints. Yeah, we did. And it's a lovely picture. It's a lovely family photo, isn't it, Rach? It really is. So it's the photo um, of the three of us um, on my uh, like feature stand at the photography show um, where I was delivering the cyanotype workshops and things, uh, demos and pop-ups and the presentation that Rose Teamby did with me as well. And uh, it's it's a lovely photo that um, Neil obviously took of us at the time. Uh, you have so many badges. I hadn't actually realised. <laughs> how many badges you've got on your uh, camera strap but you're pretty much weighed down by the camera badges uh by the badges on the camera strap um and obviously so yeah so we've got aid and we've got graham and there's me in the front yeah and um I, he also sent me one that I, I really love that I'm using now as my um, headshot occasionally when people ask for for it for you know for projects and things um he took this lovely photo of me where I don't look like a proper weirdo for a change <laughs> just a fake weirdo yeah just just a, a normal kind of my kind of weirdo <laughs> um but yeah I, i've got my uh my, my goggles on and and what have you uh yeah i, I really like that because uh, i'm actually just sort of like smiling and <laughs> i love the fact that that's it as i'm not looking like a proper weirdo so i'm there i've got my goggles on and <laughs> like a normal yeah. person yeah well yeah exactly my my kind of normal is not everybody else's kind of normal but that's okay you know we're all mad here as they say yeah exactly <laughs> now thank you very much neil they were lovely i did have a go myself this week actually i forgot to mention this because it was early in the week i think it was mm. um at, at doing some direct um contact prints on certain types i did a couple of those at the very beginning of the week mm -hmm. um, and that yeah. was good fun um the reason i haven't done any more since then is because the negatives that i've got to work with they're not great at the moment um so didn't i have enough density is that what yeah, you were finding yeah. yeah and also i think the subject matter just didn't suit very well they weren't very contrasty um yeah. so but it was fun having a go with them and yeah. um and I've got a load more film to develop, which I uh, will do um, either tonight or tomorrow night to see. But yes, it was. It certainly made me think, which again I haven't really thought about before, of shooting with the print in mind at the end. So, okay, <laughs> this is the, this is why people talk about this because it actually has consequences when you're mm. not just scanning things in. But um, but it was so easy to do uh, for anybody who is shooting four by five or even medium format. Mm -hmm making prints on cyanotype making contact prints is so easy and it's just a lovely way to have a thing at the end of it yeah um, absolutely I, I love that whole process that actually you don't because obviously you don't need a dark room for that you know if you've got your your negatives then you can create your positives from it um at the photography show last year when i um gave out the, my original sort of like first um trial run of my uh, analog adventure kit but just as the the small card and um alex purcell he he um he tried it out with i think a, a medium format um negative and just created a little con um contact um print from that and it was just beautiful it was the inside of a church i think or something is is what it looked like to me anyway um and it had load of lovely contrast and it just came out beautifully because most of it was that gorgeous deep rich blue and then there were just these beautiful little bits of highlights from the windows and the and the light on the arches and mm. that kind of thing and and it just looked fabulous and really lent itself ever so well to that so yeah um i always enjoy doing contact prints with those i'm actually making some up at the moment <clears throat> ready for the exhibition 
exhibition at um, the Hornby Library, which is part of the Liverpool Central Library. Um, so that's going to be for the Women in Science and Creativity um, exhibition, which is now going to launch on the 31st of May. So um, that's what I've been up to this week. Been dead busy with uh, with that, being in talking to the curator and what have you. So making some contact prints to go alongside other uh, like photograms and things that that I'll have as part of that exhibition in the case and stuff. So I'm really pleased to hear that you've um, started doing those as well as the all the amazing um, contact. Sorry, all the amazing photograms that you've been busy creating, Graham. Yeah, such good fun. I even had a go um, at doing some staining so uh, one of the prints ah, i fun. um i bleached that. it back so they mm-hmm. so bleaching it back was because to bleach it back all you need is some bicarbonate of soda which was mm-hmm. in the kitchen cupboards because uh, yep. it's, it's quite i love the fact that i've been learning stuff because of this nothing, nothing outrageous but just stuff i didn't know like oh yeah. the reason you can use bicarbonate is because bicarbonate of soda is very alkaline and alkaline mm-hmm. is bad for cyanotype so so i bleached it back and then i just had a, and then i just um, stained it with some tea. I mean, I was a little impatient. The tea was still very hot. <laughs> I it. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, I know you really love the blue. It's doing a thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but, but I, but it's absolutely, I think it's such a cool thing that you, you can really, um, adjust it you can make your own decisions you can stain it with lots of different things. Again, it's mm. just experimenting and trying it out, isn't it? You know, see what works best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of fun. And again, the the most exciting thing about all of it is the barrier to entry is so, so low. It's so easy to jump on, have a go with this. You don't need, you, you, like I said, you can buy the two chemicals you need very easily, very cheaply. And that's kind of it. Everything else you already have, sunlight, <laughs> in the kitchen whatever uh, and i think that that's wonderful it's just such an incredibly democratizing way of making images and making prints and um yeah it's good fun i'm continuing to enjoy that um, shall we move on rach to the yes. co- coffee donations. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to forget. <laughs> Not that we would forget that people have donated to us, but I thought you might forget to do the uh, the uh, true facts. Was it? Is that how you put it? I I think. How I? Do you make it sound like that's not a thing, Rich? Uh, no, of course I don't forget. I get the emails come through uh, every week. I get the emails come through from our team of researchers who are. That's what we're spending all the coffee money on is paying this team of re. With hindsight probably not the most effective way of using the money but we're paying this team of researchers to dig up these facts um which has been emailed to me uh, hang on a second and i print them out obviously because i have to have them on okay. paper um yeah are you ready uh, uh yeah so to, to okay. all of these people a huge thank you this week. Okay, <clears throat> take it away. Absolutely. As always, a massive thank you to, in all seriousness, we do super appreciate it. So thank you very much. Um, so we have Six Million P Man, which is, who's Ed Worthington. Uh, Ed Worthington spent his early 20s as the accordion player for the synth-pop polka fusion band The Electric <laughs> Fidgets, where he earned the, neck ne- the nickname Squeezy Ed. <laughs> I love it. Um, Christoph. As well as loving photography, Christoph is also a keen papier mache artiste. I'm never quite sure how to say that word. Papier paper mache artiste. Papier mache. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. And has in the past created scale models of the Arc de Triomphe, the International Space Station, and the Batcave using nothing hmm. more than soggy loo roll. 
Malcolm Myers. Malcolm Myers has been so inspired by the newest phones with fancy folding screens that he is working hard to bring this innovative technology to more things, including pencils, guitars and baguettes. In case you need a folding guitar and a folding baguette. Well, yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, Never know. Uh, David Allen. The real David Allen was actually kidnapped by aliens a few years ago. The David Allen we see around today is a facsimile made by the aliens, so his absence wouldn't be noticed. This explains a lot of the choices made by David recently. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jeremy North. Jeremy North is held in high esteem as one of the most well-respected judges of guinea pigs in the country and has been responsible for selecting the winner of the Cutest Lil Guinea Pig of the Year Award since 2012. <laughs> is it Lil with a apostrophe? Oh, yeah, 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 obviously, okay, yeah. Just checking, just checking. Um, Christian Strauff. Now, Christian Strauff, he actually asked, I don't know whether the listeners recall, but a few weeks ago, Christian got in touch with his own true fact about me and the fact that I've been doing a lot of research into the great tea grain conspiracy, uh, which is the conspiracy where uh, I have discovered that uh, it's called tea grain because actually the best way of developing these films is in tea, not in coffee. And he wanted an update on this fact that he provided for me. Um, I have been doing more digging and I've realised that Kodak is not the only one that is covertly signalling how to best develop their films. Ilford is also at it. Um, HP 5 Plus uh, is actually the best way of developing that. It's with five teaspoons of HP sauce uh, plus some tea. Um, There's always tea. Um, FP 4 Plus uh, four teaspoons of fresh Pinot Noir. It's very important it's fresh which is why there's the F at the beginning of it. Um, And on the Fuji front um, C200, that's actually short for Cheese 200 which can be developed by uh, rubbing the film 200 times against some fresh cheddar. Wensleydale, love a bit of Wensleydale. Oh, with Wednesday, if you're using a cheese like Wensleydale, only a hundred rubs will do it. So, oh, okay, good, know, good, it's good. For push okay. processing. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I hope that helps, Christian. Um, Andrew Bartram. Uh, having realised that the slow nature of both large format photography and pinhole photography wasn't helping his fitness levels, Andrew was taken to attending the local pole dancing classes on a Monday evening. And during his sabbatical next year, he plans to earn some spending money putting on a show at the local pub under the pseudonym Bears It All Bartram. <laughs> um, talking about um, people on poles, um, <laughs> there were. <laughs> uh, it was Eurovision last night. <laughs> okay. And. Um, Australia's entry for the Eurovision Song Contest uh, had saw three women on poles and it was amazing. I mean, st- stage presence and performance. Um, I was most most intrigued and interested in that. It was, uh, yeah, intense. So there you go. Andrew, if you need any tips, that that is where I would uh, direct you. To. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a great, you know, there's a lot of, uh, exercise value in that it's a real workout for your core isn't it those oh, yeah. guys are incredible athletes so yeah. i mean uh, you know i expect to see andrew's to physique hoops, looking I, you know just picture mm-hmm. andrew bartram working on a pole <laughs> don't yeah. go and have a lie down in a dark room <laughs> try and recover <clears throat> who else have we got we've got dan n dan, is that dan novak that is indeed dan yeah. novak uh, previous writer and co- a ghost ghost <laughs> guest host <laughs> on <laughs> negative positives uh, also ghost um ghost that, ghost. that isn't the fact he's not a ghost <laughs> 
Uh, Dan mm. Novak, oh, here we go. Dan Novak is, in fact, a space explorer from the 26th century, so obviously not a ghost, who fell through a wormhole and ended up back in the 21st century. I mean, of course he is. He's called Dan Novak. Um, he uses incredibly, unbelievably, long and far-reaching trips with his family as cover for his continued search for a way back home. Aww. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really, yeah. when you think about it. But, you yeah. know, he's got his family, so... I see. Good. We have... Last but not least, Krista Brandt. Uh, Krista Brandt was so outraged by the recent revelation that dogs might be a bit thick that he has decided to set up a private university just for dogs, teaching subjects as diverse as the physics of ball catching, the morality of biting postmen, and, of course, the big question, trying to answer, who is a good dog? Um, our friends actually have a uh, a guide dog. Um, they they did the the puppy training and and the guide dog um, training and what have you, and went all through the whole process. It's very very involved. There's enormous binders of um, uh, things uh, that you have to learn and what have you. Um, if you're if you're training and teaching a guide dog puppy, but eventually they actually go to university and then they have a graduation ceremony so there you go <laughs> do they throw doggy hats in the air little little miniature doggy hats yeah so cute oh, and then have you have your little graduation photo taken with them. <laughs> I, I, I want to see a picture of dogs throwing little doggy mortarboards <laughs> in the air more than possibly anything else in the whole wide world now <laughs> that would make me yeah. so very happy Ah, uh, well, you know, yeah. maybe the internet will provide it. Thank you for that fact, Rachel. That's a great fact. See, all of these facts are basically true. Um, that is about it for this week. Was it a short show? It was a short show. It was a short... Hang on, let's have a quick time What's check. Time it, check. Uh, it was a nearly short show, but I thought I've cut out the bits at the beginning where we messed it up. <laughs> it would <be a laughs> definitely be a short, short show. Um, so the so, whole podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... We have got something fun planned for the Sunny 16 podcast this week, haven't we, Rach? We have. I'm very excited. Um, I got a message from you, uh, Graham, just before we started recording today about it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be something new and fun and interesting. And who knows what kind of car crash it's going to turn out to be. (laughs) Um, But stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We won't, we won't say too much more, and it, it may be an absolute disaster. But I want to say the thing that has partially at least inspired it is this fantastic book, which a very lovely person called Rachel Brewster gave me for my birthday. Um, this book is called The Photographer's Playbook, and it is a lovely book um, full of uh, advice and assignments from, uh, what was it, 307 different photographers from around mm-hmm. the world. Um and there's just some incredible insight and ideas and suggestions in here. Um, and I've only just started dipping into it, but it is a, a really lovely book. Um, so one, thank you very much, Rachel. Oh, what a wonderful so birthday present. Um, and also, I would suggest that everybody looks out for this book um, yeah. because there's, there's <clears throat> just, just so much stuff in there. It was a recommendation, actually, because um, uh, I um, I didn't read it before I posted it to you, <laughs> before I wrapped it and posted it it's, to you. It does look um, well-thumbed, I mean, there's, there's bookmarks. I right. not. <laughs> I, I very carefully wrapped it. it was, yeah, don't, because um, obviously I wanted to write a little inscription in the front. Do you write inscriptions in the front of uh, books, Graham? Um, to be honest, it's been a while since I gave a book to somebody where it would have been appropriate for mm. me to write in it, but I love 
getting books i really yeah. i think it's lovely when people do take time and as you as you have i think it's it makes it an awful lot more special to me no um I, yeah yeah it was um a recommendation actually from a lovely lady called lisa who um is in the awesome female photographers um facebook group uh that i set up so she i, I posted it as a question in the group just asking um for recommendations for photographic books if there are any that people you know absolutely loved which were their go-tos you know which are the ones that they read over and over again and get inspiration from and and she mentioned that one and I think actually a couple of other people um also mentioned it or or uh, or had it um and were just saying how fantastic it it was and um and I went and had a little look and thought yeah this is the kind of thing that somebody like yourself Graham would would love you know because well I hope I hope you do um because it's got so many different and uh different uh, projects or ideas just sort of things that can be quick things that could be longer term all of that kind of stuff um so I just thought ah I'm really excited to see what you make with it or, or where you'll go with it so uh, yeah it was a great recommendation I'm I always like that kind of thing you know it comes from one person and gets passed on through other people and then um, who knows where it will take us in the end? So yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's a very different photographic mm. book as well. It's completely different to anything else I've got. Um, uh, some of it are kind of assignments: do this, try this. Some of them are more just um, tips or ways of thinking about it. And I'll read a couple of bits from it um, just to give you an idea of. Uh, so um, there's one uh, piece here from um, Christina De Middle. Uh, who says, read your favourite book again. Without leaving your neighbourhood, try to tell the same story in 20 images. You can try to work with what you remember of the book if you don't want to read it again. But would it really be for your favourite book then? So that's good. Uh, but and on the opposite page, slightly more esoteric from uh, Lorenzo Dorita. Uh, he says, uh, do one or more, or even all of the following assignments, which include um, uh, disassemble a thought for the pure sake of it, Start a collection of question marks. Uh, uh, pour a generic quantity of invisibility into a visible thing. So, you know, <laughs> some of them require a bit more thinking outside the box than others. But um, just on the whole, yes, it's just a wonderful book. And it's one of those ones that I, I really look forward to um, digging into um, and being inspired by. And it has already inspired what we're going to uh, try this week anyway. So. <laughs> No. <laughs> More to follow tomorrow. Um, I was going to say tomorrow. Well, we're recording it tomorrow, but um, we will tell you a bit more about that on Thursday. We certainly will. We certainly will. And that does do us for this week on Backing Paper. Is there anything that I've forgotten, Rach? Probably. Probably. But I can't think either. <laughs> no. Well, no. I think no. I think we've hit all the key and salient points. Uh, so until we're back on Thursday, listeners. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely week. <laughs>